Amen, 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 amen. And I am so thankful that he thought enough about me in spite of all my shortcomings. Go to an old rugged cross. I'm with him. I don't know why he'd love me, but I'm sure I'm glad he did. Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord if you're glad to be in God's house one more time. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 5. Uh, while you're turning there, let me say again how wonderful this church is. I've learned to love and appreciate your desire for the things of God and uh, give honor tonight to your pastor who is, I don't know how else to say it, he's just the man. And uh, I love brother and sister Bradford wonderful family and um, I just feel like they're my kind of people and uh, honor tonight to Bishop I want to challenge us tonight because that'll be alright and uh, if it won't I'm going to still do it anyway <laughs> but the word of God uh, has pricked my heart and I want to just share with you what God has been dealing with me. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 5, And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all that commandments which I have commanded you. Verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. Everyone say go. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go. Shout it with me again. Go. Thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. So I don't really believe in pastoral authority, what God does. That ain't what I'm preaching, but that'll preach anyway. <laughs> and the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. So Moses says, you got to go, but this is why you can go. He it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Fear not. Look at somebody and tell them, don't be scared. Neither be dismayed. Let's lift our hands and pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Give you glory. Give you honor. There's nobody live with like you, Jesus, in all the earth. No one can stand beside you, for you are God and God all by yourself. We're asking you, God, right now to have your way in this house tonight. Anoint us. Help us, God. Take us to another level in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I think by now, even if this is your first time coming tonight, you know that I'm just a redneck. My accent gives it away. I'm sorry. But there, there's some things that I learned being a redneck growing up. 
Brother Bradford's nervous. <laughs> I, as I was preparing for tonight and trying to gather my thoughts, my mind was kind of began to wander and I started going back. As I was reading this text, it just kind of a story popped into my head as I was, a, I don't know, six, seven, eight, on throughout those years, a uh, little boy. And there's just something about redneck boys is you can't keep them out of the creek. It's God's honest truth. I don't know why, what it is about it. You just, you can't keep them out of it. They're going to stay, they're going to get muddy and they're going to get soaking wet. It's just how it is. And, and I come from a rather large family and most of which are boys. And so you can only imagine the kind of stuff we tore up as kids. And, uh, we would, it was a constant deal. We would go down to the creek, and down at the creek we had the swimming hole, Bishop Frost, and by the swimming hole we had a rope. I think you see where this is going. And can I tell you, as a seven-year-old boy, it's kind of intimidating to crawl up on that old red oak limb and look out over the water. Now, let me just give you a little backdrop here. This ain't no sissy swing. This is one of them that when you let go, you're about 50 foot off the water. This ain't, it, it, this, look, kids, plug your ears. Because I don't want nobody blaming me. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you can get hurt on. And, and so going down to the creek with my cousins, my cousin and I, and our seven month, one, my first cousin and I that are seven months apart, we were more like brothers growing up. And, and there was a constant, you know, competition between the two of us. Who can swing the highest, who can jump the farthest, all of that good stuff. But later on in life, we started talking, and the truth of the matter is, is both of us was just as scared as the other one. Again, when you're seven years old and you're looking at that cold water and you know you're going to be 50 feet in the air, I'm not exaggerating this, I can take you to the spot. It's intimidating. But there was something we would say to one another and, and that, that very saying is what spurred my thought tonight as, as I was reading this text and going through the word of God and, and it was kind of one of those things where we'd pump each other up and it was simply if you go, I'll go. And so with that being said tonight, I want to preach to this wonderful congregation, if he goes, I'll go. You will find here in our text tonight that God's people are in transition. God's people are going to a place to where uh, they will no longer live the way that they have lived for the last 40 years. And so God begins to speak to them here in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And you could even give this, uh, this chapter a title and it would simply be, Be Strong and of good courage. And so why is God telling them this so repetitively is because by nature they have been a weak people. By, by nature they have been a wandering people and God is telling them you gotta get a hold of yourself and you gotta be strong and you gotta be of good courage because I'm transitioning you from the place to where you've been into a place like you have never been before. I'm taking you from a place of just enough to a place of more than enough. And let's just be honest tonight that when we put ourselves 
in the shoes of the children of Israel. When we realize that spiritual transition is upon us, can anybody recognize it here tonight? We're going to a new place. We're going to be living in different places than we've ever been living spiritually. And when we transition, transitions are uncomfortable because in order to transition successfully, you have to let go of the things that you've been holding on to for so long and reach for the things that you don't have a hold on yet. And in transition, there's a moment in time where you don't have a hold of nothing, but you're just standing there in the hallway of life. Can I tell you tonight that that is the place that this church is in right now spiritually. And I've come to tell you that if you want to be a part of what God is doing, you've got to recognize that God is calling us to more than we've ever had before. And in order to transition, I've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I've got to let go of some stuff so I can reach for some new things. I've got to let go of my ideologies so I can reach for spiritual development. Because can I tell you tonight that you can't eat the corn of the new land while you got manna in your pockets. You can't eat the corn of the new land while you're still trying to gather the just enough every day. I've come to tell somebody tonight that God is calling you and it's time that you get up and you go. If he goes, I want to go. God's calling you into deeper waters. If he goes, you need to go. God's calling you to higher heights than you've ever been before and because he's going you've got to get up and you've got to be spiritually sensitive and you got to go hallelujah hallelujah God is taking this people to a new place and what's interesting about this now now if you just had to been here Sunday night and I don't know exactly what God is doing I, I am man enough to tell you I can't see it all yet I'm just kind of walking through this with my feelers out tonight but if you were here Sunday night you know something flipped in here tonight and something flipped in here that night something changed there was there was a spiritual place that we tapped into that God has been calling us to he's been going there and he's been calling us there and in this trans transition that Israel was in and in this transition that we are in not only were they going to a new land but they are experiencing a new leader so you mean we're fixing to get a new pastor absolutely not but absolutely because as we begin to walk in, I know I've been feeling that I've been praying God put me under the burden of this good man of God and I've been walking in this church in the middle of the night praying I'm telling you you're going somewhere And, and if you'll just let me say it like this, if he goes, that's why Paul would say, follow me as I follow Christ. We're not just, going, we're not just trying to figure this stuff out and, and, and have, all our, have our mind wrapped all the way around it. We're just walking where God wants us to walk to. Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. You're going to take God's people into the land that I've called them to walk in. Joshua, you hear me? I'm taking you to a place that you've never been before and you're going to lead God's people into a new place that you've, they've never been before. I know you've been a people that have been weak 
in the past, but be strong and of a good courage. I know you've been trying to find your place and you can't find your place in the church, but can I preach to somebody tonight that's trying to find their place? Be strong and of a good courage. You've been trying, my God help me Jesus, you've been trying to make ends meet and financially your world has fallen apart. Can I tell you that tonight? You need to stand up and be strong and of a good courage. You've been looking for peace in your family and peace in your mind. Stand up, roll your shoulders back, be strong and of a good courage. Preacher, oh help me Jesus. I've been trying to be strong and I fail and I fall apart. Well, you got to get it in context. It's important. He doesn't say don't weep. He doesn't say don't tell the Lord about your issues. He's saying you can be strong. Fear not because the Lord your God. You don't have to fear because of your own abilities. Of course you're going to fail. And your own abilities, of course you're going to fall flat on your face. But be strong and of a good courage. Not because the power is within yourself, but the power is in the God that's in you. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 would tell us that in his strength, his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. You got to get the revelation tonight that when God is saying for you to be strong, he's not saying that you're not going to have faults and failures, but he's saying you got to get up and you got to recognize that God is calling me to a place that I've never been before. And when you realize in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. You can be the best Bible teacher, that Bible study teacher that this church has ever known. You can be the greatest missionary that Bakersfield has ever experienced. You can go into the unknown, the mysterious world and walk by faith and God will go with you and before you. I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. This ain't in my notes, but I'm going to say it. Don't you let the spirit of intimidation keep you from teaching a Bible study. He's going. Don't, don't you let the spirit of intimidation keep you from going on outreach. Listen, I'm thankful that we've got it structured around here. 1030, you are everybody in this building that can be here, ought to be here this Saturday morning. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't need to wait on a committee to be a soul winner. You don't. You ought to live on outreach because he's going. You got to go. He's going to places that it seems like have been locked up. I'm telling you, if he goes on your job, you can go on your job and be a witness. If he goes into your school, you can go into your school and be a witness. If he goes into your family reunion where you're the only one that knows truth, you can go into the family reunion and open up the word of God and begin to tell him about Jesus. Jesus, if he goes, there ought to be something in you that I know it's scary and you're standing on the limb and you're looking at what's going to happen if I let go of the rope. But I come to tell somebody tonight, it's time to take the plunge and go all in. If he goes, I'll go. I know the water's muddy. And it's cold. I don't know what your creeks are like around here. Where I come from, they look like chocolate milk. It's muddy. You can't see what's underneath the surface. 
I don't, know, I, I don't know how to teach a Bible study. Can I tell you that the greatest revelations, can I just talk to us tonight for a little bit? The greatest biblical revelations I've ever got, I didn't get studying for a message. I got it sitting there with a search for truth chart, looking somebody in the eye, rightly dividing the word of God. And I, I, I was just going A, B, C. If you ever taught search for truth, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going down the manual telling me how to do it. And all of a sudden, biblical revelation starts coming. You want to understand the word of God? There, will, there is nothing that will bring light and revelation like sitting down and bringing light and revelation to someone else. I don't know how to do it. He's going, so you got to go. It doesn't matter if you're not equipped right. It doesn't matter if you don't have the right money or you don't know how to speak eloquently. The Bible's full of people that are like that. You don't have to get everything together if he's going. Get up and go. And, and what you don't realize tonight is if while God's moving, if you'll move, God will set you down in the middle of a broken marriage and all of a sudden healing will begin to come to where that couple is. If you'll go because he's going. God will set you down with a young lady that's about to commit suicide and the only hope she has is if somebody reaches out and tells her about Jesus. I'm here to tell you while he's going, if you go you'll sit down with a young man that's only 18 years old but he's already addicted to drugs and alcohol while he's going. If you go God will make up the difference. God will start working on your behalf. If you're just willing to get up and move, he, like he said in Isaiah, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I'm not going on my own accord. I'm going because I'm not doing this because I think I'm smart. God knows I don't think I'm smart. I'm doing it because I'm not doing this to get political gain because I don't give a rip about any of that. I'm going because and when he goes, the wrong starts being made right. When he goes, the broken becomes whole. When he goes, when he goes, the lost becomes found. When he goes, the blind receives sight. When he goes, the deaf begins to hear. I'm telling you, all he's waiting on somebody to do is to get up. Your blessing is depicted by you getting up and going and doing what God has called for you to do. Pick up later on, same story, different guy with a pen in his hand. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, it's the same word from God. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. You getting this? He says, Joshua, I know you're afraid, but be strong. Just like I told Moses. To tell you, I'm telling you again. You know, I think sometimes we come to church and we say, yeah, I wish he'd move on to something else. Pastor, you've been preaching that same, that, that, that same message. You've just been changing the title a little bit. Yeah, because you ain't, you're so hard-headed, you ain't caught it yet. And maybe if you'd get it, oh, help me, Lord. That redneck coming out in me again. Maybe if you'd get it, we can move on. And so God is teaching them and God is teaching us by repetition. Be strong 
Be of a good courage. Be strong. Be of a good courage. I know you want to run away because you can see the problems that are staring you in the face, but be strong and be of a good courage. I know you're walking into places with demonic spirits that are stronger than you are on your own, but be strong and be of a good courage. I know there's giants in the land, Joshua, but be strong and of a good courage for this people. They will that You will divide unto them an inheritance. I don't want to read the whole thing, but let me jump down to verse 11. He said, pass through the host and command the people, saying, prepare you the victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. I've come to tell somebody tonight that in this revival right now, you hear me, I'm preaching to where we're at right now. We're sitting on the edge of Jordan and God has put the same thing in my spirit that he put in Joshua's spirit. Prepare yourself. We're going somewhere. Prepare yourself. We're going in to possess the land that we have not yet possessed. I'm telling you, there's communities in Bakersfield that have never felt an apostolic pulse of revival. I, you may have knocked on every door, but I'm here to tell you right now, there's still people in this city that haven't heard your message, and you may be the only one that will ever be able to reach them. He's going, what are you doing? Why are you still sitting here? Wait, my God, it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of money. It's not a waste of resources. He's going. So we're going. Joshua, there's a land that I promised you you were going to possess. Prepare yourself. Greater Bakersfield, First Pentecostal Church, there's a land that I promised you that you haven't lived in yet. Prepare yourself. God's moving, so we're going to move. Well, I, you know, we don't really have the staff, and we don't really have the money, and, 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 and we're already stretched because we're picking up kids. And, and Pastor Bradford, is it really doing anything? Well, I'll tell you what it's doing. A little girl that's been coming to church since she was three years old received the Holy Ghost Sunday morning. I'll tell you what it's doing. It, it, it found a little girl that could have ended up somewhere way out in the middle of nowhere and the devil could have ruined her life because God went. Somebody got on a bus. I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I'm trying to reignite a burden on the inside of you to look past the end of your nose and recognize that God is moving and while he is moving, I must strike while the iron is hot and I don't wait till everything gets right. Don't wait till everybody else starts moving. Just know that he's moving. It's time for me to move. If he goes into the land, I'll go into the land. If he goes to the wrong side of the tracks, I'll go to the wrong side of the tracks. Oh. I know I don't look like it, but I'm pretty quick. And I can run pretty fast. And I don't like to run. But I found out, Brother Brock, how quick I was. Okay, I'm just a southern boy, so I'm going to preach like I'm in the south for like three seconds, okay? You want to know how I found out how really how fast I was? Because I got pit bulls sicked on me. 
for being in places that white boys ain't supposed to show up. Again, I live in the South, okay? Just humor me for a minute. Where it's white against black and black against white. But I made up my mind that there were some little kids in that neighborhood and if their mama and daddy stick that pit bull on me every week, I'm going to be right back with candy in my pocket saying, do you want to come to Sunday school? And I'm here to tell you right now, it wasn't very long ago, I was walking through Walmart back in Louisiana where I, I was at at the time, and a young man about 22 years old came to me, and he had tears in his eyes. His name was Buck, and when I found Buck, Buck was living in a house, and he didn't have any running water, and he didn't have any electricity, so we started picking him up for Sunday school and feeding him and breakfast and taking care of him and let him come to the church and play basketball with the rest of the church boys and he came up to me, I'll save you the long story but I'll tell you this he came up to me with tears in his eyes and he said brother Phillips I didn't have a daddy thank you for being a daddy to me I'm fixing to have a little girl and I'm making $80,000 a year working in the oil field because you taught me how to work and you taught me how to be responsible, I'm not saying that for you to brag on me, I'm saying that to ignite something in you because there's a buck out there in Bakersfield that's living in a house with no running water and no electricity and he doesn't need somebody to look down his nose. He don't need somebody to feel sorry for him. He needs somebody to get a burden and go because God's reaching for that little boy. What are you waiting on? You, you waiting on a ribbon? You, you waiting on a program so they're going to get you up in front of everybody and said so-and-so brought the most people to church? What are you waiting on? How many people? Listen, I, I get it. Not everybody's going to make the journey. Not everybody's coming. I get that. I understand that. But just because I have doors slammed in my face or pit bulls released on me doesn't mean that it's time for me to give up and stop going. Because I don't stop going until he starts going. I don't stop reaching until he stops reaching. Book of Luke chapter 14. Hey, can, can, can you read for me, Bishop? Luke chapter 14, let's start in verse 16. Luke 14 and 16. Then him, uh-huh. a certain man. Not just anybody, a certain man. Made a great supper. Great supper. And bed many. Made many. And sent his servant at supper time uh-huh. to say unto them yeah. that they were bidden. Yeah. Come. Come. For all things, all things are now ready. Everything's ready. Everything's there. All the pieces are in place. My, my. And all they, you got to do is just come. You know, he's saying you, you ain't got to come and, and build anything. You, you ain't got to come with a program. And again, I'm not against programs. I believe in them. He said, but everything's ready. Come. All things are now ready. Read. And they all with one consent. 
everybody came to church. Got no, 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 or the servant got there and they were like, oh, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody started talking at one time and began to make excuse. Yeah, three. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I don't have time to preach this like I want to, but I just let me, let me just hit the high spots. Read. And I must go and see to it. Uh-huh. I pray thee, have me excused. Yeah, what did the second man say? And said, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. Five yoke of oxen. And I go to prove them. Uh-huh. I pray thee, have me excused. Yeah. Go ahead. And another said, yeah. I have married a wife. Woo. And therefore, I cannot come. Got to take care of my wife. Go ahead. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Uh-huh. Then the master of the house, being angry, master got mad, said to his servant, "Yeah, go out quickly. Go, hold on a second. He didn't just say go. Yeah. He said you got to, you, you can't just halfway do this. Am, am I preaching good tonight, or am, am I making any sense? You can't. Oh, help me, Jesus! I'm just to make somebody mad. I feel it in my flesh." You can't just clock in and then walk out the door and expect to leave your time card at the church. You can't just come to church and walk by you because you're saved, sanctified, full, delivered. God says, servant, you go and you go quickly. Read. Go out quickly into the streets. And who are we going to get? And the lanes of the city. Uh-huh. And bring in hither the poor. The poor. The maimed. The maimed. The halt. The halt. The blind. The blind. Those that cannot help themselves. What do you think you're here for? So you think you're a sponge. And you're just going to get all the blessings. And you're just going to get all the miracles. And you think that God gave you everything he's gave to you for you to sit there and not let that sponge be squeezed out on somebody else that's poor and maimed and halt and blind and they want to get out of the hell hole they're in but they don't see any way out because for generations it's been the same thing it's been the same cycle of divorce it's been the same cycle of addiction it's been the same cycle of abuse it's been the same cycle of depression and they don't know how to help themselves and you want to sit there tonight uh, and just expect God to do it. Can I tell you uh, that God said, uh, I want you to go out quickly. Read, Bishop. And the servant said, Lord, Lord, it is done. It's done. As thou hast commanded. Uh-huh. And yet there is room. And Now, now I, want, I want you to see something. The Lord said, go find people. The servant said, there's room. Read what the Lord said next. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into go! the highways and the hedges uh-huh. and compel them yeah. to come in. Right. That my house. That what? My house. His house. Might be filled. May be filled. See, there's this deal. We got it all mixed up. We, we, boy, we, we like to take scripture and, and just cut and snip and, and 
put this over here and, and super glue it together and put some duct tape on the back and hope nobody notices that we took half of this scripture and half of this scripture and put it together and we made our own doctrine out of it. But the Bible does tell us, no, number one, we understand, it's his house. His house. He said that in my house, not in your house, my house may be my filled. House. Now you got to understand, unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. It's his job to build it, but it's the servant's job to fill it. Well, I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't clap yet because you might not like what I'm fixing to say. Well, I'm waiting on God to give us revival and God's saying, what's wrong with your feet? Oh, preacher, you come to beat us up tonight. I didn't come to beat you up. I, I promise you, I, I wouldn't beat you up for nothing in the world. I, I've come to prod you and remind you that remember where you came from. Remember where God brought you from. And he said, I brought you out when you were halt and maimed and lamed. I brought you out when your family was a wreck. The servant needs to get the revelation. God built the house. Now it's up to me to fill the house because there's something about God. You want to know, you want to know what the Bible says? The Bible says he was mad said the master was mad because he started looking around and there was empty seats. I'm not telling you God's mad at us tonight, but I am telling you that there's something about God that when he sees an empty pew, he looks at an opportunity for somebody to teach a Bible study. God doesn't see that as an empty pew, and so he'll put somebody in your way and say, outreach. He'll put somebody in your way and say, give them your testimony. He'll put somebody in your way and say, I'm going. Now you gotta go. He said, you go into the highways. And Pastor Bradford, I understand highways because you just about can't go anywhere without getting on the highway. Highways make sense to me. Go to the highways. Go to the places that are easy to get up and down and compel them. But there's, he didn't stop there. He said, go to the highways and the hedges. And as I began to just simply study the word of God, found that the word hedges is the Greek word phragmos, and it means a closing, a barrier, or a partition, a hedge. And this is where we, we, we do good with the highways. Highways aren't a problem for Pentecost. We got more highway revivals. It, th those are easy. When you start talking about hedges, that's them fences that got pit bulls behind them. You start talking about hedges, that's religious strongholds. Oh, let me talk about that for a minute. He's going. He's going, well, if I step over the, the fence, I'm telling you, God's, call, God's pushing you to step over the fence. I know the devil's got no trespassing, keep out, beware of dog. He's got all that posted on it, but there needs to be something inside of you that says if God's moving behind that fence, I'm going behind that fence. And it doesn't matter what religious stronghold is there. It doesn't matter what racial stronghold is there. It doesn't matter what economical stronghold is there. If God's going, I'm going. Let me just, oh, I'm just make the devil so mad. Ooh, I feel it. What's going to happen here in the next couple weeks when we start winning people to God? I'm, I'm going to tell you, somebody gets a hold of this. This is going to happen. And Hindu people start coming to church and getting the Holy Ghost. 
that, now it's easy to clap about, but let me just tell you something. That don't happen if you don't go. Let me tell you, he's going. You know how I know? It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, letting me know if he's going, it doesn't matter if they don't speak my language. If I've got to teach a Bible study through Google Translate, I'll do it. I just want to reach a soul. I just want to help somebody come to God. I just... This gospel is for everybody. It don't matter if you're rich or you're poor or you're broken or you're whole or you're black or you're white or you're Hispanic or you're Asian. It doesn't matter what religious background you come from. This gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that if you repent of your sins, you're baptized in Jesus' name, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. It is for you. Let me just tell you that if you're here tonight and this is your first time in a Pentecostal church and you don't understand everything I'm talking about, just, just see me after church. We'll get you set up in a Bible study. But let me tell you something. This new birth experience, it's for you. You, you think you walked in here tonight by accident just because so-and-so invited you? No, you're here because God's been reaching for you. And then a saint of God came along and reached for you because they were sensitive and they recognized that he's going, so I'm going. You're not here by mistake. You're not here by accident. Accident, you're here because divine appointment has been set and God is reaching for you. One of the greatest scriptures in the Word of God, and I know they, they mess it up and try to turn it into a false doctrine, but Matthew 28 19, go ye. Therefore, who's supposed to go? Look at somebody and say, ye. That means you. That means you. That means me. That means us. Go ye, therefore, unto all nations. Now, what's interesting about this is all nations' doors haven't been opened yet. How, how are we going to go to all nations? You ain't went to all nations. Oh, yeah, I did. In Haggai 2 and 6 when I said I'll shake all nations. You, you, you didn't go to all nations, God. How, well, how are we going to go to all nations? Yeah, I did. I just, I put it in types and shadows. And in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 11, I said, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised among the Gentiles. We leave that part out. Because it's way more poetic when we quote it from Psalms. How are we going to all nations? Because God said we're going to all nations. Because he's going to all nations. That's why you're here. It's, you see, you, you got to get this. You got you to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach very brief. Can, can I have like three more minutes? Okay, seven more minutes. <laughs> I've had to think about that because I can't close this into three minutes. But Matthew chapter 20, it says, For the kingdom is likened unto a certain man that goes out, he goes to town. Can I preach the redneck version? You can go home and read King James. He goes to town looking for laborers. He gets there in the morning time. And when he gets there, he sends people into the, sends people into the field. And, and so he comes back at 9 o'clock, and then he comes back at lunch, and then he comes back in the evening time. And, and then the Bible says that he comes back at the 11th hour. He comes back right at dark. And I was reading this today, and something jumped out at me like I had never seen, because we always, 
we always just talk about you know the 11th hour saint and all of that stuff but when, when he looked at them and he said about the 11th hour he found other standing idle and said why stand ye here all the day idle and they said unto him because no man hath hired us you didn't know it tonight but you were coming to a job application and congratulations you're hired you got the job. Full benefits. 401k. Retirement like you can't even imagine. You're hired. Now get in the field because he's in the field. Now go find somebody because he's reaching for somebody. Now it's not for your glory. It's not. Listen to me. I already know Pastor Bradford has this revelation. But if you make it about this church and about your pew and about your, your program and about, well, my Sunday school class. Let me tell you something. This ain't your church. Ain't your church. You may go to it, but it ain't your church. The problem is, is we're too busy making it about a church. But if you read Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1, he didn't say that the church is like a certain man. He said the kingdom is like a certain man. Can I tell you tonight that you can be a part of the church and never be a part of the kingdom? You can come to church and shout and dance, talk in tongues, run the aisles, but you want to know what kingdom people are like? Kingdom people are people that are looking for a job in the kingdom. And if there's something out there in the field to do, then God send me into the field. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest because the... My God, in Bakersfield, there's white fields everywhere. He's just looking for somebody that'll get up on Saturday morning and go, 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 go. I'm done. Stand with me, musicians. Come, I'm closing. If he goes... I'm, I'm, I'm going to open this altar tonight, but I'm not, I'm not opening this altar to just anybody. I'm opening this altar to people that are going to take the job. Let me just tell you about th th this kingdom. It's looking for people that are serious about what they do. He's going. How do you know there's not a little girl that's seven years old right now that's sitting in her room her knees, arms wrapped around her knees and her head's on her knees and she's weeping because the family that was supposed to care about her put her in a position to be violated. How do you know that right now there's not a little boy he's got blood running down his mouth because his daddy come home drunk he said the wrong thing and it, it, it made daddy mad. How do you know there's not, how do you know on your street there's not a couple right now that's falling apart because of infidelity? How do you know on, on your street right now there's not a couple that's crying and praying saying, God, send us somebody? And all the while there's an angel of the Lord that's standing in that living room and listening to the prayers of those broken, hurting people. And God's pulling on your heart to take a little time out of your perfect world and to walk down to where they are and reach out to them. We're not going on outreach. We're living on outreach. Come on, these altars are open if you want the job. If he goes... 
Come on, make a commitment right now. Don't come up here. Don't you come up here if you're not going to go where God sends you. Come on, it, it may be a bus route. It may be a Sunday school room. It may be a, it may be a classroom. It, it may be a one-on-one Bible study. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but this one thing I know, God is in the hiring business tonight, and he wants to know if I go, will you go? I know you're busy, but why don't you take a few moments and instead of praying for your things and the things you need, why don't you start praying for people that you don't even know? Why don't, why, why don't you go mentally right now? Drive down your street and look at that house you look at every day when you get up to go to work. Why don't you picture that house in your mind right now and say, God, help me to be a light and a witness. Help me to reach because I know you're moving. You're moving in all the earth. And if you go, I want to go. Come on, as they sing, you pray. Come on, pray for the people you don't know. You don't have to know their name. You don't have to know their address. Come on, some of you are standing on the edge of the creek bank. You got the rope in your hand. I'm here to push you off the edge.